Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. The first week of the great fast, it often feels like I've just made a polar bear plunge into ice-cold water. It's a shock to the system. The diet is different. The rhythm of life has changed. What I'm listening to and reading has shifted. It almost feels like getting through one week has been an accomplishment. But just like being winded after making five prostrations, I'm afraid it just means I'm out of shape. And I'm also missing the point. The Gospel of Matthew tells us that we aren't supposed to tell people the efforts of our fasting or try to obtain recognition from our neighbors for our efforts. In Matthew 6.17 it says we are to put oil on our head and wash our face so that our fasting isn't seen by others but by our Father. Our fasting is not for our public image. I found it really interesting to ponder this week how we begin the great fast with forgiveness vespers. Like all fasting periods, the disciplines that we follow for the great fast are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But the first thing we do that is unique to the great fast is that it is centered around relationship and the act of offering forgiveness to others. And therefore, this first unique thing is about relationships with others, yes, but it is also about relationship with God. Because if we cannot forgive others, how can we expect God to forgive us? And so the first thing we do for the great fast is to unblock our relationships with others and to ensure that our path to God is open. When we hear about the fasting regulations of our church, it is easy to get swept up into the dietary plan and to make sure we're following it to the letter. Well, at least I have a tendency to do so. I rarely ever read ingredient labels on foods, except for this particular time of year. And it can be really heartbreaking when you learn for the first time that your favorite salad dressing has egg yolks in it. And given the number of salads that I eat at this time of year, it just seems a little bit cruel, doesn't it? But let us not lose track here again. You don't magically become holier because you follow a precise fasting regimen. It is simply a tool for a purpose. If all you have is the tool and you lose the purpose, well, you won't become holy. You'll just become bitter and sad. And the purpose here is also not to become a Manichaean, like St. Augustine was for a time. We don't need to go and follow after some kind of Persian cosmology. 
The material world of darkness is not all evil. And we don't need to do any harm to our bodies in order to ascend to some kind of higher spiritual plane of the good. We believe that all material things can become sanctified and made holy. At Theophany, we bless water and God makes it holy. At the Feast of the Trans- uh, Transfiguration, we bless fruit and God makes it holy. In the Eucharist, we consecrate it and it becomes God. So in our church, we use many physical things, water, oil, incense, to show how material things become holy. If that's a problem, then you might not be in the right church. But on the other hand, we should not go to the other end of the spectrum. We can't also believe that everything material is good. No matter how much you seek to perfect the body, the body is still just a vessel, an empty vessel, if you don't have God in it. You can, you can have the most beautiful vessel, you can have the strongest vessel, but it won't be anything more than that unless it is filled by God. There are plenty of those who practice control over their body in order to perfect it. Those who lose weight, those who meditate to quote-unquote find themselves or have a better control over their mind. And don't get me wrong, by all means you should try and make your body better. But don't lose sight of the purpose. Our discipline of the material is done with a purpose. The purpose of the spiritual. Because it is only through sanctification that the material can become perfected. And fasting is our tool. But relationship with God is our purpose. We cannot, through our own efforts entirely and alone, become holy. We rely on God's grace to fill our empty vessels with his love. All we can do on our own is to open the door and allow him entry. As it shows us in the icon of the descent into Hades, we rely on Jesus to pull us up, as he does Adam and Eve. But like Adam and Eve experienced after our fall, our bodies, our vessels, are not they were created. We train them, we discipline our bodies, and we learn to control our passions, that we may be able to open ourselves up more fully to relationship with God and the holiness that comes from living out that relationship. So as we begin and head towards the second week of the fast, let's not lose sight of our purpose. If we have been successful in this past week, in our attempts to discipline our body and train our bodies, we'll have experienced more acutely our passions. And these passions will try to distract us from our purpose. But at the same time, the rising of these passions within us, it's a lot like putting water on a freshly cut board 
It raises the grain up out of the wood. It will show us where we need to work at sanding it back down and to achieve a better polish. So let's not shy away from the work that is needed there. Let us make the most out of our tool that the smooth, polished vessels of our bodies may become worthy vessels to hold an abundance of divine grace. Glory to Jesus Christ.